Hello, and welcome back to Stern Chats, a podcast that explores the untold stories of the NYU Stern community. I'm Alex Skanga. And I'm Anushka Soiree. And today, we're going to be discussing the topic of non-traditional recruiting through the Stern MBA program. In the world of business, where the temptations of consulting are calling your name, we talk about the world a bit less traveled. There is no clear path when recruiting for non-traditional careers, but there are the stories of those who have gone through it. Today, we hear from MBA 2, Elizabeth Geddes, and MBA 1, Clarissa Carpin, who discuss what they've learned and their recruiting journeys. So today we're really here to sit down and talk about what it means to recruit the non-traditional path at Stern. A lot of folks come to Stern for consulting and financial services, and then there is this percentage of folks that decide to do things their own way, and what does that actually mean? So we wanted to talk to some Sternies who are going down that path, who are uh, trying to find their own way through the uh, recruiting pathway that is not necessarily a pipeline like the consulting and financial services route. So we wanted to talk to you guys, to Clarissa and Elizabeth. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, so just give us a little bit of a rundown of maybe your 60 second pitch. I know we always do that, but um, what your career has been thus far and what made you uh, want to pivot when com- in coming to Stern? So prior to Stern, I worked in business development and marketing at corporate law firms. Um, My stepfather always thinks that it's like the jingles for your personal injury commercials or billboards, but actually it's working with attorneys who are working in corporate deals, so their clients are businesses. Um, And I primarily supported our energy and infrastructure attorneys, so kind of just whatever they needed in terms of marketing from uh, responses to client RFPs, to helping with event prep, to press releases, just kind of the whole gamut. And I knew that Well, I learned a lot about the energy industry, and I think it's super fascinating. I just knew that isn't where I felt my passion going. I also think that the work-life balance in terms of, like, how much you're also getting paid also didn't really even out within the marketing business development, Um, or I guess I should say in legal marketing. So I wanted to come back to business school to really give myself the platform and round out my skills and increase my – or build my network um, to kind of leverage myself for my next career. Yeah, and then for me, my name's Elizabeth. I graduated with an economics degree from the College of William Mary. And then after that, I was working specifically in economics, doing monetary policy research at the Federal Reserve in Washington, D.C. And during my time there, I learned so much about how the economy works. But also during that time, I kind of realized that in order to progress in that field, I would need a Ph.D. in economics. And that wasn't really something that I was interested in at all. In addition, I was just always, I've always been very passionate about entertainment and media, specifically music. And so I decided, let's just try and go for it, try to get a career within that industry so I can use the skills that I already have, but be working towards something that I'm really, really passionate about. So that's why I decided to come to Stern is to, is to try and learn more about that industry space and try to learn how to leverage the skills that I have, gain more new skills in order to eventually get into entertainment. Jumping off of um, what Elizabeth said, because uh, I don't think, I said I what I did prior to coming to CERN, but I didn't think I mentioned what I wanted to do leaving CERN, and I'm hoping to um, similarly go into the sports industry, so more sports entertainment side, so that's also why I wanted to come to business school to help 
assist in that kind of pivot. So you've both have our, I know have already had like experiences in your new fields and we'll dive into those specifics. But the first kind of question I want to start off with is based on where you are today, what would you tell yourself stepping onto Stern first semester? What advice would you give yourself? Uh, what do you wish you knew going in? Um, so I might be a little bit of a different case because I really want to move to Europe when I'm done with school. So I came in to school saying I'm going to get an internship abroad and it only took me about a full semester to realize that most companies don't want to do a work visa for somebody who's only coming for a few month internship. So I think one, I would tell my younger self that look for domestic opportunities, but also expand your reach. Um, originally when I came in because I wanted to work in sports, I was so specific on sports leagues and sports teams. Um, but then I found out how much that they pay for internships and that in your post career, it's not as lucrative until you get to more senior levels. So I also took a step back and thought, what about all of the companies that are sports related or sports adjacent? So you have your apparel like Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, but you also have your brands such as Amex or Pepsi that really do a lot within the sports marketing space. So kind of making sure that I was open to those opportunities and also understanding that if I do look more brand side, that it might take a year or two post school to really transition or kind of wiggle my way into a specific sports marketing role versus just kind of a general marketing role at those companies. As for advice that I would give myself, I probably, I just want to tell myself it's going to be okay. You're going to learn a lot and wherever you end up is where you're supposed to end up, right? You're not going to be just given a job that you're not prepared for. If you don't get a job that like a specific position, then it just means that it probably wasn't a great fit for you. So I guess going off of that, it's also just taking advantage of all of the resources that you have being in business school, using your position as a student to just attend as many events as possible, ask as many questions as possible, reach out to as many alumni as you really want to. Most of them really want to talk to you. So yeah, just, just trying to learn as much as you can throughout this entire business school experience. I'm glad you said that um, everything's gonna be okay because I think that's the hardest thing to walk through business school with, especially when all of your consulting friends and all of your IB friends are getting their internships in the fall and you're looking down the barrel of April and you're like, what's what's this about to be for my, for my internship and what is my life gonna look like? But really keeping that sentiment is really um, something that I think is great to make sure that people take away. Clarissa, I did want to touch back on what you were saying about expanding your reach and how you really looked outside of just your initial scope of what you wanted to do in the long term. I'm curious for both of you guys, did you feel any pressure from the external forces of OCD or from friends or even family <laughs> saying, "Do you, are you sure you want to do entertainment and don't you want to do something that is a little bit more traditional? Like, have you experienced that? And if so, how did you deal with that? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> especially just from like the money standpoint, obviously entertainment, you're not going to be making as much money as you would be in consulting or investment banking. And it's hard when like, you are comparing yourself against all these people who are not only getting jobs earlier than you, but might be making like twice as much money once they are done or like for their internship. So that's definitely hard. You're also told by everybody like consulting is the best way to pivot into anything. So coming in with a background that is not the same as what you want to 
to to end your stern experience with like your job at the end of it they say that consulting is the best path for you but i knew for me the way i kind of stuck to my own path is that i knew that going into consulting i would have to give up a lot of things that i value about my life in terms of just it's a very difficult lifestyle that i mean i think it's great that people are able to do it but it's just not for me so just staying true to like my values and what i knew was best for me in the long run kind of helped me stay on i don't want to say stay on track so that seems i don't know i think that you have to be malleable and, and adapt to things that are thrown at you but you know try, try, kind of just stay focused on what i knew i wanted to do yeah i really want to echo what elizabeth said because i think i've felt the most pressure from myself um, and just in comparing myself to other classmates and seeing kind of what they were doing and what they were learning. And then I was, and then in the back of my mind, I said, wait, should, should I be doing that? Should I be going, learning how to case? Should I be looking into consulting? Or I knew banking wasn't for me, but, but I really sat back and said, what do I want post-school? And one, I have a dog and I love him and I don't want to spend multiple days traveling a week when I have to find somebody to help take care of him. And I just can't like get my little snuggles in. And secondly, I do better when I'm interested in what I'm doing and I can apply myself better. Um, so I know that in a sports related role, I'll have that genuine interest to build on and to really kind of drive my career. And I don't know if I would have that in other industries. I think I could always find something of interest. I just have to stay kind of more aligned with what I like, I guess. And I think I did get some good pressure from friends in terms of looking beyond what I was like my very narrow mind at first. And I think that was super helpful because it's um, brought me into certain situations or allowed me to interview with certain companies that I otherwise wouldn't, I would have immediately scratched off as saying that's not directly in sports. So I don't want it. So I think that was a really helpful just change of focus that I got from my friends. It's awesome that you were both able to identify what was important to you and pursue careers that you felt fit that mold. I think I'll, I'll speak for the general population. I know I've kind of experienced this. Switching careers can be intimidating because you look at your resume and you say, how can I translate what I did to what I want to do? Uh, so we have someone who worked at the Fed who's now working in music and someone who worked in corporate law business development who's working in sports. Can you each talk about how you tried to translate your previous experience into selling yourself into those new fields? Yeah, so what I really tried to do, my, my previous job had a lot of data analysis. I worked with numbers constantly. I was making lots of charts. So I tried to really leverage that part of my experience and that I'm good with numbers i'm very organized i'm able to understand things well when it comes to data and how to manipulate it so that can really be applied to any type of job that you would be looking for outside of business school so that is probably what i really tried to do really focusing my resume on that and bringing that up in interviews and stuff another thing that i did especially just for the music portion of it i was very heavily involved in music for like when I was in college and just throughout my entire life. So I made sure that I mentioned that sort of stuff too in the little additional comments part of my resume at the bottom. I made sure that I included like what I was involved in previously and uh, what I was interested in now to kind of, I guess, set myself apart more in that way and kind of show my passion. Because especially in the entertainment industry, Clarissa, I'm sure you saw this too, like a lot of the job descriptions are like, we want you to be passionate about this subject, whatever company you're working for. 
I can definitely echo making sure to add just any sports-related interests that I have. I've played soccer my whole life. I've also been really active in Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a number of years now. And so really making sure I had those incorporated, looking at if I had anything, anything that touched sports. Um, I helped to plan a real estate basketball tournament. So I tried to make sure I added that. So I was getting just as much buzzwords on my resume. And I have to say thank you to Elizabeth because she helped me review my resume at the beginning of the school year, which I think was also super helpful in, in getting her advice. Um, I would just kind of ask people who didn't work in legal marketing, which is majority of people at school, what made sense to them. I would kind of wordsmith and say, this is what I did and they could feed back to me. So I could kind of tweak that to make sure that I was getting the points I wanted across. And I think that was also super helpful in understanding what skills I could relate outside, look at what transferable skills I had. Um, so I really kind of narrowed down on relationship management. I was constantly working with partners and associates, and I had to really understand the nuances, both of their individual practices, but also just the general group practice. And I was also essentially herding cats all the time, making sure that I was getting feedback from the partners um, who are obviously working on their own clients work and have their own um, other time um, draws from them um, working with other departments. So really kind of trying to speak up that relationship management, that project management, cross-departmental skills as well. So those are kind of the three things that I focus on that I really try to bring up in interviews. Yeah, way to leverage, way to leverage the resources and your peers and the folks around and, you know, herding cats. It's everything we have to do. Shouts to stern pets. Um, I know we were talking about um, dealing with, you know, you going with going home with to your dog as well, Clarissa as well. But yeah, I think it's a really important thing to be able to say, like, there are more to the resources that are just um, visibly available. You really need to go outside of that to really um, leverage those folks that are in it and have experienced it, uh, it sounds like. Uh, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit more about some of the fun stuff, too, that you got to do in choosing to come to Stern um, as it relates to the uh, entertainment world that you want to get into. What have been some of your best uh, memories in terms of coming to Stern and really utilizing the other entertainment-focused clubs, events, groups that may have supplemented your experience? I mean, for me, it's really the people, right? I am lucky enough to be uh, one of the VPs of Knowledge and Career Management for MSEP. So I've gotten to talk to a lot of the MBA 2s about their internship experiences from last summer, as well as the MBA 1s that they're looking for and how they're recruiting and what they need from us. But through that, I mean, just having EMSA and the people in EMSA to talk to and to, I don't know, just get together and have other people who understand exactly the type of business school experience that you're having is really helpful because it really shows you that you're not alone throughout this entire process. Yeah, shout to EMSA, of course. EMSA is the Entertainment Media and Sports Association at Stern, for those who, those of you who don't know, and it's a major player in how the entertainment folks thrive on campus and off and beyond. The network is so huge and continues to expand and people still to this day, alumni post in chats and on LinkedIn about opportunities, which I agree, Elizabeth, I, I love that for us as well. Also, I feel like I'm an echo chamber here, but EMSA has been amazing. Um, so I'm on the vertical with partnerships with Anushka. So really kind of leaning into is seeing if we can make connections, either other schools or other colleges on or other parts of NYU, such as their sports management program. But I think I've also tried to really step into, because I don't have a background in sports, really any opportunity that I can to kind of build that up on my resume. Um, so I know the first semester um, for first years, 
Um, they offer the entertainment media solutions where you can work on a, a group project, such a, a mini consulting project for Warner Brothers Discovery. And that was super helpful in just kind of understanding the media landscape a bit better. Um, and also just understanding the how you can look at answering some of these questions because I haven't, I don't really have a strong finance background, um, understanding how those finances really kind of build into your suggestions. And I think that was just a, an incredibly great learning experience. I've also really through EMSA, I've been a member of the MBA Sports Business Alliance, which is um, an organization that kind of crosses multiple business schools in terms and looking for students who are interested in sports, either will be working in it or just maybe in their future careers want to work in it. And that's given me a lot of really amazing opportunities. Both EMSA and SBA have had treks or panel discussions drawing experts from different areas. So I know EMSA had a, a panel that was focused on the Olympics, which I thought was fascinating as a lifelong Olympics fan. I had one uh, through SBA that focused on data analytics. And then also through SBA, I had the opportunity to be selected for a small six-person group. And we did a, a few-month um, consulting project for Manchester United, which as a huge soccer fan, I was like, oh my God, I get to see behind the curtains. I get to meet these people. Um, hopefully if I go to London or if they're coming here for their US tour, I can kind of sit down and actually meet them face-to-face. -face. But that was super important. It has been a really great talking point in um, interviews that I've had so far as well. So are you going to get a chance to meet Marcus Rashford? Um, he was in New York this weekend and I was like trying to figure out where I could go to find him and be like, oh my God, you're so amazing. But fingers crossed, we'll become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope that's the hope yeah um well after i mean you talked a little bit about ems um and this obvious amazing manchester united experience um let's talk like let's really dig into the recruiting path so what was what, what was the timeline for you guys when did you get your offer if you got your offer and how was the experience i basically I mean, as a person who's recruiting for entertainment and media, you're kind of told that most of the recruiting is going to happen later, whether that's later in the first semester or during your second semester of your MBA one year. But for me, I made sure that I was still looking at stuff in like the, right in the beginning of the year. So whether that was specifically entertainment or internships that I thought would set me up well to get a full-time entertainment offer after my MBA two year. You started right at the top of the school year. Immediately, yeah. Okay. And I was very, very lucky in that SiriusXM Pandora posts their techs or their tech internships in the fall normally. And a lot of people, at least in entertainment, weren't really looking yet, but I was able to really jump on that application. I submitted my application within a, probably a week of it being posted. Their first round interview was one of those higher view screeners. And then a second round interview I had in November that was with the actual team. And then I had my offer by December. So my offer was completely signed before, or I think it was right as winter break was starting. At least for entertainment, that is very, that doesn't happen very often, but that is what happened for me. I would say just keep an eye on everything, just apply to anything that seems remotely interesting. Even if you get as far uh, far enough to get an offer, you can always say no if it's not if you don't feel like it's the right fit for you, and then you'll get the interview practice. Well, before you even get to full time, I'm curious how many did you apply to other um, jobs, other internships, and if there were any learnings from that process for you as well. First thing I want to say, actually, the SiriusXM job 
was the first job that I applied for at Stern, which was pretty crazy that I ended up getting it. But before I you know, went through the entire process, I actually got the offer. I was applying to other things as well. And a lot of those things weren't entertainment specific for me. Some of them, uh, a lot of the big entertainment companies like Warner Brothers Discovery, NBC Universal, they'll post like a very general job listing, general application in the fall. I don't really know if anything comes from that. So I would apply to those, but it's really just a resume drop. But other things I would apply for were more aligned with my past experience at the Fed. So I was applying for like rotational programs. I applied for one at JP Morgan that I interviewed for and that didn't end up working out. I applied for the MasterCard rotational program. Um, that one I actually really liked. I did get an interview for that, but I had already accepted my position at SiriusXM by the time I was supposed to interview. So didn't end up interviewing. I guess what I will say to answer your question more fully is that I did go to JP Morgan for this interview. And when I was there, it really, I mean, even though the program was really good, they did a really great job hosting all of us for their super day. But I just kind of felt like, oh, it's a bank. This is not where I want to be. And it actually worked out great that they didn't end up giving me an offer after that interview because I ended up, I think, like I said before, I ended up exactly where I was supposed to be, right? I wasn't really meant to work at JP Morgan, obviously. They didn't offer me the job. And I didn't really feel like I fit in there either. So I think that whole experience of just going through that interview just really solidified the fact that no, I do belong in somewhere that is a more non-traditional MBA path. And one quick clarifying question before we hear from Clarissa, were all these jobs that you applied to through a a career account on Stern or did you look at any outside uh, sources for job listings? They were both. I, I applied for a lot of external, especially the the entertainment ones. That was all on my own. The general application for the larger production studio, but the J.P. Morgan one was on career account. The Mastercard one was on career account. That interview was going to be through career account. So yeah, I think it was it was a mix of both. But the things that were more traditional, like the Mastercard, the, the J.P. Morgan, that was on career account, and then the Warner Brothers Discovery was on their website? Um, My search has been a little bit different. Um, I am a member of Consortium and they had early recruiting. That was back in my, I'm only gonna intern abroad phase. So I didn't have, I don't think I leaned into the opportunities of early recruiting as much as I should have, especially given where just like the general market has been going recently. Um, So I would recommend that if anybody has opportunities to through early recruiting, either Consortium, Forte, I think Ramba, to really lean into those opportunities. The best worst thing that could happen is that you get hopefully an offer that you can kind of sit on and have in your back pocket while you're doing your traditional career search. And I think that just takes off a lot of pressure. I am actually still in the process of looking for my summer internship. I'm waiting to hear back from four companies um, after their final round of interviews. So if that gives a timeline that it's the end of March and it can definitely go a little bit longer in terms of the recruiting period for non-traditional. Um, I mainly really sourced from the EMSA weekly emails um, that give you a kind of a job list. I found that super helpful. Um, I would look at the career account site, but I didn't find that as helpful. I think it was, again, more of the traditional companies that you would see there. Um, And then I also was kind of getting, I was also getting job alerts from LinkedIn that I found to be really helpful. Um, And I was also getting a few job alerts from the Sports Business Alliance. So I kind of would look at those different avenues and 
really start to dig out. I knew that there were a few companies that I had um, targeted, so I'd always keep an eye out for those. And um, when I would see that they would open their internships, I'd try to apply quickly. Um, I think especially because some internships actually closed earlier than they said they would this year because they're just getting so many applicants. So I see that once you see that go up, I would apply as soon as possible um, just so that you can make sure you're getting your application in. I also found it helpful for some companies um, if I could find their email recruiter or their the recruiter's email either from asking OCD if they had it or if friends had also um, been in contact with those companies to send a more personalized email to that recruiter saying, hi, here's my name, I'm going to this school, here are some really great attributes that I have, um, I'd love to learn more. And that has actually been really helpful in just getting a response and kind of getting on their radar. And I think I would recommend that to other folks as well. That outreach is awesome and it can feel hard to do, but as you're kind of expressing to us, doing it can be so fruitful. So I, I think from my own personal experience, I would, I would really re reiterate that to listeners as well. Um, Clarissa, we'll start with you on this one since you're kind of in the midst of it. How do you prepare for interviewing at companies that maybe don't have an ex as explicit a structure as consulting companies or investment banking companies? It's been interesting because coming into Stern, I knew you research your company before you interview. And for me, that was always just looking if there's any Google or like news alerts on Google, or um, if they had press releases on their website. Um, it was very surface level. And I think what I've learned in business school is to, um, if they have, if they're a public company, look at their 10K. I, obviously, I don't, I kind of glance over the financials because that is above my pay grade. Um, but I, they kind of really kind of spell out some of their key strategies. And I think that's been super helpful in understanding the company better. Um, I've also started to look to see if to research trends in the industry as well, because I think that really helps to come with thoughtful questions. I interviewed with Dick's Sporting Goods. I didn't ultimately end up receiving an offer from them, but they had sent a report from, I believe, uh, McKinsey or Deloitte, um, to everybody interviewing, and it was pretty long, but actually the information was super, super helpful. Um, and so I'm really happy that I kind of went through and read because it really gave me an understanding of where their strategy would be going. Um, and so hopefully to show, I could reflect that information in the interviews, either with questions or um, in my response to their interview questions. So I found that to be super helpful. Elizabeth, how about you? Yeah, so I'm gonna do a quick plug for the EMSA recruiting handbook that I helped put together. We didn't have a super formal one when I was recruiting, but for this year's MBH1 cohort, we made sure to source a bunch of interview questions from the uh, MBA, now MBA2s, who were recruiting last year. So everyone kind of knew what to expect, both from the interviews themselves and also the process, because the process can vary a lot company to company. So we just tried to get as much information as humanly possible um, and I think that the, the goal is to keep that up both for uh, internship recruiting and also full-time recruiting as um, the years as the year goes on and should be um, getting information start start we're gonna start bothering MBA2s and MBA1s for information soon I think so yeah taking advantage of any resources that your clubs have uh, taking advantage of your peers uh, and taking advantage of the Stern, broader Stern network. So at least for me, in the for the interview, for the job that I ended up getting, there's actually one Stern alum that I found that worked in a similar position. 
So I reached out to him, I emailed him just his stern email address. And it turns out that he actually worked on the team that I was interviewing for at SiriusXM. So he was able to give me a little bit of more insight about what his interview experience was like when he was trying to get the internship that then led into his full-time offer. So that was really, really helpful as well. But yeah, I guess my overall advice is just leverage the resources that uh, are available to you through clubs and through the people around you. I would also make one more plug. I don't know if Elizabeth, you found this helpful, specifically for sports. I signed up for a daily news update from one specific sports related publication. And I find that super helpful one, because I think it's interesting just to see what everybody is doing in the market. But also I think it just starts to build your knowledge of companies in the space. Um, and I think because you just slowly read it and it slowly builds up and you go, oh, I remember that this bank also helped fund the sale of this club, just helps to connect the dots. And I found that super helpful and just um, really helping to build my understanding of the industry um, and giving me a base. For example, if you apply for the NFL, you'll see that they come up multiple times um, just because there's so much going on with either the sale of the commanders or whichever. So you kind of have this base understanding that helps to lessen your upfront research because you already know what certain trends are happening. Yeah, being aware of what's going on is huge. I, I was asked in a lot of interviews, both for uh, entertainment jobs and for non-entertainment jobs, my thoughts about what was going on with that company in that moment. So definitely staying on top of that is great advice. Thanks for bringing that up, Carissa. Yeah, I'm glad that you both said that. It's more than just being in the know. It's actually having a point of view as to what's going on and how the market is go looking and what the outlook can be and how you think you can influence that within the company that you're inter- interviewing for. I think that is so important to keep top of mind, um, more than just if you can do the skills of the job, because at the end of the day, we can pretty much do any any job. We can end up doing whatever is needed, wherever we end up, but actually having a point of view is really what the differentiator can be. It's it's uh, Excel and PowerPoint. It just depends on like, the level <laughs> of each one. Everything's the same. <laughs> Excel, PowerPoint, yeah, pick one. Pick anything in the anything in the suite. Anything in the suite we can do. <laughs> um, so in terms of, I know we kind of we've we've kind of walked through your whole process already, but can you just say like what is one thing that makes that you think makes coming to Stern for entertainment different than going elsewhere? Um, I think having having the class specialization. Uh, or like the, the degree specialization for entertainment and media is huge because you not only have like the recruiting resources and people around you who are recruiting for the same thing, but you're also taking coursework in the area that you're specifically recruiting for. I know when I was applying to Stern or applying to business school in general, that's something that I really look for. I was like, like, are there classes where I can learn about this path that I want to take? So that was a big one for me. I think another uh, huge point that I had in my application journey was being in a place where the industry was. I thought that would make it way easier to apply for and get jobs. Um, And I also knew that I would probably want to stay where I was over the summer to being somewhere where the the entertainment industry is was um, a big uh, part of, of choosing to come to NYU for me. Agreed on the plug for New York City in general. So many companies at least have offices, if not headquarters here. And it's so 
helpful in terms of setting up informational interviews and just kind of understanding sometimes even if EMSA can plan a check to the company, that's really fun too. I think for me, one of the most important aspects of life here at Stern were the people, everybody just talking either with my friends or just those with outside. Um, they've been super helpful in saying, oh, I have somebody actually who works in sports. Let me see if I can help connect you or have you talked to this person in EMSA or have you talked to this person? And so I think everybody's just incredibly willing to kind of leverage their own personal networks to help each other. Um, but they also think of you um, just yesterday from three different people, they saw a sports related job and they all sent it to me. And so I really appreciate that they're all kind of looking out and sending that information. So I think just having that community, even if they aren't recruiting in sports or entertainment, they still identify with, with the effort that everybody's putting in. And I think also, especially for the folks who did are doing more of the financial services or consulting, I think so much of their path is kind of outlined and here are these specific steps and they're kind of given that structure and that um, runway. And I think that they recognize that we don't have that as much. And so how can they also help us when obviously when they're not under the stress of recruiting themselves, they um, are really helpful to to kind of help us because they know it's a different path for us. It's a little bit rockier. Yeah, I want to add to that in that um, it goes not just from like MBA ones asking MBA twos for help. I want to say that I've also learned so much as an MBA two from MBA ones. As Clarissa mentioned, like I am a career mentor, so I was doing resume reviews in the uh, early fall uh, for MBA ones, and um, just sitting through those and seeing what people's experiences were um, was super enlightening for me and really uh, fulfilling just to be able to talk to people about what they've done in the past and where they want to go. It doesn't matter if you're an MBA two or an MBA one. It's interesting no matter what and everyone's looking out for each other and is super supportive and part-timers and the executive mm-hmm. mbas too is because i've um, found great connections there as well yeah shout out to our langone folks because we don't really talk enough about how much they can also give be such a help especially since they are still working in these worlds and can sometimes be the plug that you need uh, I've had one or two Langones step up for me when they've heard that they're at, at in that I'm recruiting for entertainment, and they say, "Oh, I work at Audible, or I work at um, NBC Universal, and I'm happy to have a conversation with you or point you to the right direction." So, definitely shout out to the Langones. Kind of along those lines, with either Langone or also alums, where do you see NYU's presence in in companies in New York City? Where what types of companies are you connecting? Where have you been connecting with during your recruiting journey through events? Uh, where is Stern at post-grad? NYU grads are everywhere. I think that's what I would say. I mean, in whatever industry that anyone is recruiting for, I think you could find someone at least who went to NYU who works for that company. Maybe not necessarily Stern, maybe not necessarily a Stern MBA, but someone who went to NYU and all of those people, I mean, they have a connection to the school. They already connected to you. I mean, we've got on, I've had treks with, I mean, they just did a series with Sun Pandora one. I've talked to Spotify. I admittedly haven't been attending all of them because I already have a full-time job. So the spots I let get, I, I let people pick the spots who need the spots. Um, but any, I mean, I've seen so many companies where it's like, oh, we're going to talk to a Stern alum from this company. I think there's there are people at Showtime and Stars. Lionsgate, they're everywhere. Obviously, I'm only naming entertainment companies, right? But but 
any club, anything that recruiting club. Stern people or NYU people, they're doing. Agreed. I've talked to Stern alum um, at the NBA, at the NFL. Just met for a coffee with a alum who got paired with me by Emsa to be my mentor, which I'm really excited because I've never had a mentor before. Um, and he works in sports, but more in a sports or at a sports VC actually. Um, so I think that's super exciting. Focusing again on sports, obviously, um, there's a sports marketing class and they bring in individuals from who are either have went to Stern or the professor knows to come into classes. And they've always said, here are my emails, reach out to me if you're interested. So I know there's a, a sports uh, investment banking that we had someone come speak that has a Stern connection. Uh, I'm interning now at Wasserman and I know we have Stern. Um, there's a part-time Stern Sterny working there and they're a sports and entertainment agency. Um, so we there's deep connections everywhere. You cannot escape Stern alum wherever you go. You really can't. And that's great. I think that's one of the biggest thing, one of the biggest reasons why we come here because we are everywhere and we can really see ourselves in many different aspects, whether it is in the entertainment world and VC in all the other areas that are quote unquote non-traditional. It's true that there, we really are everywhere. And I think that's one of the major reasons why we all come to Stern and even outside of entertainment in all these other careers, there are many places that you can find Sternies so that you can really lean on them, leverage their expertise, and you can get to the place that you're trying to go. Even if there is not a way that seems very, very clear through the traditional path that is laid out when you originally come to business school. So I want to give a big thank you to Elizabeth and Clarissa for joining us today, for really sharing your journey, digging into the good, the bad, and the ugly of what it looks like to recruit in the non-traditional path. And thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for having us. I also just want to say, if anyone wants to reach out after hearing this episode, like, please find me. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions. Ditto. You heard it here first. Get on the LinkedIn, people. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you all. You too. Thank you. Thank you.